0: Welcome to the One Life for Life podcast where we're focused on ending abortion one county at a time. Welcome to episode four of the One Life for Life uh, Abortion Mill Ministry Training. Uh, my name is Pastor Eric Stewart, Director of One Life for Life. Uh, your host for the podcast today uh, joined uh, yet again with uh, James Carr and Justin Phillips. And man, you guys have have definitely been giving the people listening to this, a, a wealth of information to help equip them. Imagine if you guys had this before you started. Oh, man, oh, that yeah. would have been good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We made a lot of
1: mistakes. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, because yeah, and, and today we're going to talk about messaging to the parents, and I, this is something I've, I've loved that you guys have done is you've really done, a, we, we refer to it as a PDCA uh uh, one of my mentors, Orin Woodward. Uh, I, I know a lot of us have read his books and stuff. Talks about that. Right. Every time you do something, you plan, do, check, and adjust. And uh, as it relates to messaging to the parents, you guys have definitely done that, haven't you? Yes. Yes.
1: We've we've been in that uh, productive loop, uh, trying to get better and better, uh, many many times. You know. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. um yeah. With that, then let's talk about what is the message that you give to the parents when when they arrive? Um, and, and maybe within that, talk about um, the things you've learned through that process. Maybe how you started compared to where you're at now. But uh, as as, um, as parents are coming in, um, how do you address them? How do you speak to them? What's the message you're trying to get across?
2: Well, the yeah, the main message is... Um, you know, not to murder their baby. Like that's the, that's the, I guess you could, that's what we want them to do is not to go in there. But, um, but we message that we are, um, that we are there in the name of Jesus Christ and, and that, in that, that they're not alone, that there, that there is help, you know, that there is help out here for them that we're there and we care about them and that we want them to come and talk to us. So we will just, you know, beg with them to, and tell them to come and give us come and talk with us and we uh and we we say that 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 you're about ready to murder your own son or daughter and so these are things that so there's like so it's not all truth you know and it's not all grace it has the truth of what they're about ready to do but also has the grace of like we do care for you because a lot of moms do Feel, I mean, you don't know the situations. They could have just been beaten by their boyfriend and told to go get the abortion, or, um, or they just they do really feel all alone, like they have no one to turn to. And so, and so we're so we're trying to cover all these kind of trying to cover all these different situations that they could be in. in one little short snippet, but the main thing is is that that we're there in, in the name of Christ, and um, and that that we'll help them. Yeah, yeah. One thing I noticed from
0: both of you guys is your tone to the parents is, is, is really a, it's soft Mm -hmm. at the same time you're communicating true words, which I think is a a great combination. But, um, James, maybe give an example, uh, speak, speak to me like I'm a parent going in, you know, Mm -hmm. how, how I'm, I got my wife with me. We're walking into the abortion mill. What, what would you say to us?
1: Mommy, mommy, come talk to me just for one minute. Mom, are you a Christian? Do you know what the Bible says about this? That abortion is murder. Murder of your own child. Mom, please come and talk to me. The Bible says that God knits that baby together inside your womb. That's your child. That's your baby. Love that baby. Please come talk to me. We can help you. So that's the, that's the message and the tone that, that we have. And, and Justin hit the nail on the head. A lot of times he'll, he'll tell them, you're not alone because we've seen situations like Justin's seen situations where the mom when we're calling out to him they've she stopped and the guy has grabbed her arm mm. and pulled her into that like and it is all we can do not to go over there and just pummel the guy you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. uh it's like we don't know their situation um now some of them are probably in stressful situation we see a lot of the moms that, that they're they're driving nice cars. They're you know they're not in these poverty stricken situations. Hard cases. A lot of them are not. But you just don't don't know what what they've come there with. Hmm. And um, so we're like you said, we're trying to hit all the different areas. Mommy, I call mommy because they're I want them to connect with that life that's in their body. They're a mom. Yeah. Whether they go through this or not, they're a mother of a child. It's either, are you going to let that child be murdered or are you going to birth that child? So I think that's important. It's every word that you use is very important.
0: And that's something you really learned in the process. Yes. Like, I remember that, like, that change of referring
2: to her as mommy and yeah. the, the difference that that's made.
0: Yeah, it's been good. It,
2: yeah, and as you're there longer and longer, you kind of get to you can pick up on stuff you know like what they what they are are they like the hard type mm-hmm. where they just they know what they're doing and they want to do it and they don't care or like if they're they have some other situation they feel like they're more conflicted or burned and but like in in and a lot of times they're there for many hours throughout the day so you can kind of get to gauge them throughout the day but but when they first get there you kind of you have a blanket statement to cover a lot of different things um, because you don't really know right away but like as you're there longer and longer you kind of can p- tell who who they are and, and what you know just by the way they walk or what they're driving like you said or, yeah. or how you know or if like the really hard ones they'll flip you off right away you know right when they right when they get there so yeah. you know that they need truth yeah. and the truth of god and what they're really doing and you know. So experience is always a great teacher,
0: like, yeah. the experience of being out there. yeah,
1: And, and, and yeah. being uh, tuned in to things like their body language. You know, while you were saying that, I, I, I had roles playing in my head of moms that I've seen, like moms that I've called out to and they've stopped and they've turned around and looked at me. Well, that right there tells you some, they don't want to be there. They've stopped, they've turned around, they've engaged you with eye contact. Sometimes they'll drop their head or their shoulders will drop. Like their body language, like you can tell, it's heavy. It's weighing on them. This is not something they're just doing very flippantly. And there's others that just... They just walk right in there. They don't think anything about it. They'll come out while you're preaching and smoke ten cigarettes in a row, you know. Ignore every every a- word you're saying. Yep. Be on their phone and just totally don't care. So like, yeah, it's like seeing that and engaging them at that moment and being able to use the right approach. Yeah. I think that's what we've learned a lot.
0: Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Uh, Justin, could you go a little deeper? We've talked about the mom, but as you're interacting with the dad, um, outside of James, your situation, you know, you've got abusive dads. (laughs) That's, that's Mm -hmm. a different message, but you know, a dad that's just, he's conflicted. He's there. You know, how do you speak to him?
2: Yeah. The dads, um, those are kind of hard. Those are harder for me to, to see a lot of times the dads that just come in the Sit in the car all day while their their baby's being killed, and um, um, but the dads, as men, we're to protect and provide for the babies, you yes. know, and they and so that's what we want them to see that that's, and that they're not doing that, they're acting cowardly, that they are neglecting their own child, that they that that child, they are they already are a dad of that baby, and that baby's gonna die, and then try to get them to wake up, you know, wake up stand up, that's your baby about ready to die, you know? And, and so, so that's why it changed with the man because he ultimately, we as men are responsible to God for our our family and, um, and, and the, and the mom's responsible. And, in even, even no matter what the moms or dads, how they feel or if they are conflicted or if they really are burdened with it or if they're just really hard and and don't care and all the situations they they are re- responsible for what's going to happen to their baby and and um so we just and men i mean some of the men you you have to you have to tick off and to to get them to see and i know James had a situation there was a save thursday mm. about when you explain that about the yeah. dad yeah, he is.
1: His name was Phil, but I didn't find that out to the end. But he uh, pulled up in a pickup truck and uh, had four kids in the back seat of the pickup. There is an extended cab, and he dropped his wife off. And I was calling out to her, and as he was leaving, I said, uh, "Dad, don't be a coward." And his kids were. Some of them were like. I think one was like seven or eight. It was like looking at me. And he goes, I'm not a coward. And I go, you're a coward. You just dropped your wife off to go in there to murder your baby. And you're going to go home. I said, what I want you to do tonight, Dad, is when you go home tonight and you have dinner, I want you to tell all your other children that you just dropped their mother off to go murder their brother or their sister. Mm. So that needs to be the topic of conversation around your dinner table tonight. Of course, he was angry. And I don't recommend that for everybody to say that. Like yeah. Yeah that, yeah, was, that's, yeah, that was a special moment. Yeah. Um, I felt led to say that to him. He was, I have gray hair, so I get by with a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so they look at me and they think, that old man, you know. <laughs> you got that and, southern accent. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, so I get by with a lot of things. So you might not want to try that approach. <laughs> but he listened. Probably like a, uh, he's not he's not young enough to be my son, but maybe like a younger brother. And uh, he listened to me, and he left, cussed at me, left. Fifteen minutes later, he drove back, went in there and got her out of there, put her in the truck, came over and hugged me in tears, Mm. and said, "I'm so thankful that you were here. You just saved my baby." Mm. And he and he had just what had happened. He was exhausted, tired. He had just gotten off a third shift somewhere, probably at the plant, and he was had a carload of kids. And probably Bill's stacked up at home. Yeah. And he's at the weakest point. And he told me, he said, I don't even know why I came here. And so it's like, we're there for that guy. We're there yeah. for those situations. And so th- this is what I want to say the, to the dads, okay? We have to be harder on the dads. And this is why. If the men of this country, and I'm going to say this with all, I have no data to prove it, but I can say it with all certainty, That if the men of this country would stand up and be men and provide for these children, it would shut abortion down in this Mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. Every one of these women, even the ones that are loud and strong-willed women, if the man would say, you can count on me, I'm going to take care of this baby, 98% of them would go home and have that baby. Mm. So... We're going to be held to a stricter judgment. The men of this country are going to be held accountable for how we are, yeah. uh, how we are either living up or we're passing off our duties as a father.
0: Yeah. That reminds me of Chia, you Chia. sharing that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Yes. She was waiting for him. They weren't married, but she was. the only thing she was waiting for him to say is, I'll be here and I'll take care of you and this baby. And he didn't want to say it. And he would not do it. So his baby is murdered now.
1: Yep, and that was a rough one from for both of us that yeah. day. that was that was a lot of heart wrenching prayer moments of prayer and yeah. and back and forth. And he, literally, he came out and said it himself, didn't he? I mean, yeah. he's like, "I won't say it."
0: Yeah, he was worried about lying to her.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 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 So, uh,
0: good stuff about, about messaging to the, the, the parents. Now, like your goal in messaging to the parents is to get into a conversation with them to come over to you. Right. Again, I think this is something that's different than what a lot of people do. Um, so you're not just there to be elevated at the highest point of, of communicating truth to them when they first come, right? Like you're, there's a balance of grace and truth here. Um, so your goal is to get into a conversation with them. So you're inviting them over, you're telling them the truth, and inviting them over. Now, when they come, talk to you. Like what? What's the next step? Like what are the 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 goals that you're you're obviously you're trying to get them to keep their baby, but there's some important things that need to take place in that process that that. You guys have found right. So, like, what are, What are you trying to get in them to next when they come talk to you?
2: Well, yeah, you want you want God's word to be uh, spoken to them, so where they see that what God says is, is the situation is that they're in, yeah, and that it is murder, and that that's that they're a baby a, and made in the image of God, um, just like them, and and then you want um, you want so you want them to see the truth, and then we have these bags that we hand out. Um, to, to moms with information and uh, there's a Bible and uh, onesie and a diaper and some other things in there. We want them to take a bag from us and show them the re- all the resources that are in the local area because we have a flyer with all of the local resources. And we want we want to get the mom's number and, and we get it over to the pregnancy center we, we are really close with in relationship and, and working with. Um, so we get their number. To give over to the pregnancy center and then we want to we want to pray with them and and ask you know if there's and let them know that we are there every day that we will help them we want we really want them to know that that we do really care for them and we we will really lay our lives down for them and help them you know that it's not that we're not just just gonna there to just um speak the truth um but we want we, we will help them you know
0: yeah that was really good really clear four i heard four steps one, uh, communicate the truth from God's word to them, yes, about the reality of the situation and, and the reality of the, of that baby that that's that's a baby. Uh, second thing giving them the, the bag. Those bags have been gold, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a difference
1: mm-hmm. maker. Yeah, it we'll, has really been a difference
0: maker. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a second. So that's second thing, bag. Third thing is get their number for the purpose of and so just in a moment, I'll have you talk about the bag. James, in a moment, I'll have you talk about getting their number. Okay. Um, so that's that's the third thing. Then fourth thing is prayer. All right. So let's talk about the bag and and getting the number. J- Justin, what is in the bag, and and how, how important? I mean, everyone needs to have a bag if you're in this ministry,
2: don't they? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. 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 Because it's the bag is very important and it, and it and it. Because it, we want a conversation. That's what we want. We want them to come and talk with us, and we want to start a conversation with them face-to-face. And so if we have a bag to offer and we hold out, then they see, well, you know, well, a lot of times they'll come over just to take a, a bag. And so we, and if we get these, and the, a bag has saved babies, just give, just given the bag, and then they see it in their car later on. Um, uh, and then that just, you know, God uses that to, to really to not let them suppress the truth of what they're about to do. yeah. But but the bag has has tracks in it, um, a, a Bible, a one little newborn onesie, and a little tiny diaper, and, um, and a pamphlet with all the resource centers, local resource centers, and, and, um, and, and a little um, model of a, a 10 to 12 week old baby in the womb. And so that's just things that connect them to, to the baby and the word of God in there and tracks, and, and it's really important. Yeah. I think also uh,
1: a very key important element of the bags is not just what's in the bag, but the moms and the the women of our church that put together the bags. Yeah. Like Justin's wife, Emily, has been the key person to do that. And the thought, and, and she hasn't told me this exactly in these words, but I know this is true from our conversations that— there is prayer that goes into assembling these bags mm. and the more women can get involved and they can start praying over these bags Yeah, and that we have a woman uh, from another church that's making bags for us right now. And she asked me what to put in them. <laughs> and then she also says, well, she's going to knit some things for the baby herself and she's going to bathe it in prayer. Mm. So, we we don't even understand the power. It's not just the bag, but it's everything that the bag represents, and everything that goes into making these bags that makes it so powerful. They are a powerful weapon. Yeah, I tell you.
0: Yeah, great point. So get yourself some bags. Yes. Uh, reach out to us if you need help with that. But yeah, yes. yeah, get some bags. Uh, so James, let's talk about step three. Um, this is something that that. I mean, I think you've picked up from being in sales mm-hmm. yes. and have really applied it here, but but such an important step as it comes to you're getting the number to tr- to get them connected with our, our local uh, pregnancy center that we're partnered with, right? which is, is another important thing. Find a local pregnancy center that has a crisis mindset and can get ultrasounds. Yes. But speak on that. How do you do
1: it? Well, I, I, and it does come right from sales. Like if you go in very timid and say, you know... Do you think maybe I could get your number? You're going to get a no almost every time. But in the conversation, if they're receptive at all, say, I need to get your number and have your phone ready and out, and, and they will give you their number. Nine times out of ten, they'll give you their number. If you just ask for it, it's like asking for the sale. If you don't ask for it or don't demand it, have a little bit of f- firmness there, you're not going to get it. Just ask them for the number. It may feel awkward at first, but it'll it'll feel normal as you go. But the reason you ask for that is to get that next point of contact. If we if you leave with that, if they leave with that bag, and there's no way that somebody else can't have a touch point with them. Uh, it's going to decrease your effectiveness. Um, so by getting that number. And getting it right over to that pregnancy center. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt, when I text Hel- Helen that number, that within 20 minutes, she unless she's on her deathbed, she's going to call them. Mm-hmm. She's called them late at night for us before. And uh, she's gone in and opened up the pregnancy center on her day off. Yeah. Like that's the urgency. Like it can't wait another day. It can't wait another day. It can't wait an hour. Like And so, so that's one point of getting the number. The next thing is I set up the expectation in their mind of what to do. I tell them, now this is what I want you to do. When Helen calls you, I don't care if you've listened to anything that we've said up to this point. When Helen calls you, I need you to promise me that you'll take that call. Because that's been a problem in early on was we get their number – but then Helen or one of the ladies from the church would call, and they wouldn't take the call. Yeah. So if we set that expectation in their mind, they give us their word. Hey, you're a per- you look like a person that keeps your word. Okay? So do me a favor. Take, take that call from Helen. Just take that next step. She's a wonderful lady. You'll have a great time. And, and so set that expectation for her to take that call. And um, we've seen a lot. I mean, it's become way more effective by doing it that way. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And one other thing I you when you get their number
0: too, you'll call them right on the spot to yes. make sure they gave yeah. you the right number, right? That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. So
1: I do that and, and I tell them, hey, okay, I got your number. I'm calling you right now um, because... I will never call you, and unless you want me to. But you have my number if you need anything. You feel free yeah. to call me anytime. Yeah. But I do that for that reason to let them know they can't call me. But also to make sure that they gave me a good number, <laughs> <laughs> so I can hear the phone ring. You know, and sometimes they've given us bad numbers. So. Yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the bags and the numbers, like those two together, um, getting their phone numbers. I mean, that, that's that's really the reason why. We we've been able to hold so many babies that've been born because yes. we we keep in contact with them and we you know we can walk with them and and they bring us their babies and show us their babies and so that's really the those those two things are really the difference between other people in the ministry doing where they don't really get to see the babies much um, and and that is just bags and getting their number and and walk so, trying to walk with them.
0: So describe that feeling of holding a baby. Oh, nothing, like yeah. nothing like it. Nothing like it.
1: We've got one now that just got born, and, we, and I haven't been able to go over and hold it yet, and, and I can't wait. <laughs> and, but, yeah, there's, um, you know, we can save babies, and people in other ministries are saving babies, and that's great. But, you know, what about, the next, what about the mom? What about after the baby's born and she doesn't know Christ? Like Justin said, she's going to hell. She doesn't know the Lord. She, if we love her, we're going to share the, the love of Christ with her. Maybe she's the elect. Maybe she, we, so we need to preach to her. Yeah. We need, we can't do that and if we don't have a relationship. Yeah. So like there is an importance in trying to develop a relationship for discipleship and for maybe she is already saved. Maybe she was just in a bad situation. Maybe yeah. we can help her down the road. And we need to love them in our actions and our deeds. Yeah. You know. So I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good. Well, let's then talk a little bit more about the interaction you have with the the parents when they come over like let's go through some common objections you're going to hear from them and then how you guys answer those objections
1: i think um one of the top objections that we have that we hear all the time is uh from the moms is well it's not a baby um it's a clump of cells or it's a fetus and so uh taking them first thing that I want to do in the v- very few seconds of talking to the mom is I want to know are you a Christian now whether she really is a reborn again Christian I don't know but what by, by asking that question I can find out if she has had some Christian upbringing so that that tells me how to start to um, ch- you know steer the conversation if she says yes I'm a Christian I know Jesus. So then I can talk to her biblically at that point. I can start taking it back to probably passage of, of scripture that she's heard before and, and letting her know that that baby that's in her womb has been given to her by God, that God has woven that child together in her womb, and that that is a baby. It's not a fetus. The last save that I just had Friday, she said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And I said, well you know that it's murder, right? She goes, How can it be murder? It's it's not even a person yet. Mm. Like but she's grew up in church. She actually had a bracelet that said Romans six twenty three on mm. her bracelet. So yeah, wages of sin is death, you know, but so she she's They've been Christianized in our culture to some level, but they've bought into the whole thing that that's not a baby. So being able to take it back to the word of God and, and showing her those scriptures that saying that we're all made in the image and the likeness of God and that, that God has made that child, that God has a purpose and a plan and a hope for that child. And so, uh, so being able to take, and, and we're talking about minutes here, so you can't go on these long tangents of sermons. But being intentional of taking her to the Word and identifying her, her identifying that 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 life inside of her. So I, I think that that is a very important part. If they're not Christian, because we run into quite a few of those that are not Christian, that do not—they're atheists. They don't. I mean, we all know that, th- that they know God that they in their conscience, but they've suppressed it for so long, or maybe all their life they haven't been raised up in a church, uh, a family, a Christian home. I just talked to two boys the other day that didn't know who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, it was the two boys that the mom came back and kind of reprimanded us a little bit for the signs. But <laughs> uh, they, were t- and they were very curious. They were like, do you know who Jesus is? And they're like, no. So it's like, there's a generation growing up that don't know who Jesus is. So identifying that and then being able to take them to the word, I think is a a real crucial first step.
2: Yeah. Good. What else, Justin? Um, it, Probably a really common one is that they, they already have kids. Like they might say, I already have two or three kids or I can't afford another one. And, um, that's, that's pretty common, uh, I would say. And, uh, and the truth of the matter, in that one is well so if they are, they'll say, "I already have two kids." well, no, they have three now they're you're pregnant with one and you have two that are already born. You're the mom of three three babies, and you're here and the, 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 he be here to kill one of them, you know, so that and they usually like, well, you know they usually when you say that, they're like, "Oh man, because <laughs> they don't they don't think of it like that. Yeah, so what
0: you do with that is you don't let them get away thinking that they don't have a th- another baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So you just kind of <laughs> say, no, no, you don't have two children. You have three. Yeah. Now it's a matter of what you're going to do with this third child.
2: Yeah. And you're going to kill one because the other two you think will suffer if um, if you don't kill the third one. Yeah. Whereas in reality, you could just kill the two that are alive and then you don't have one. And so you might be able to provide better for just the one. And then they, if you say something like that, they're like, huh? I mean, that, is, <laughs> that really is nuts. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Even, you know, but that's what... It's crazy. And Justin's really
1: good at handling that objection specifically and like keeping the tone really down low, like just engaging in that conversation. And I've heard him say that and I've heard him say like, yeah, you just go ahead and kill those two that you already have because you've probably made mistakes raising them, right? So you could do a better job with this one. And it's like, it does. It's like hitting them with cold water yeah, in your wow. face. Yeah, like, oh, that is wow,
0: <laughs> that is a baby, you know? Yeah. So You're bringing it to reality for them. They're trying to live in an altered reality, right. and you're bringing it out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
1: Of course, judging is always, you know, like I said before, you're going to hear that all the time. Don't judge me. My God doesn't judge. I just heard on a, from another live feed from another abortion ministry, a guy was saying, you you don't have a heaven or a hell to put me in a guy was saying. And it's like, yeah, you're right, but someone does. Yeah. And so um the judging thing comes up a, a awful lot, you know. So just trying to take them back to the word that we are to judge, we are to discern. That's what that word means in 1 Corinthians, to discern between good and evil, right and wrong. We are not to judge in the sense, as Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged. That, mean, that word means to condemn or to sentence. We're not to do that. But we are to say, this is wrong. You should not do this. Yeah. And uh, Proverbs 31, verse 8 and 9, where it says, to judge righteously in the cause of the poor and the needy. We are to judge with a righteous judgment.
0: Yeah, that's good. Anything else you'd add, Justin, to the judging objection?
2: um no yeah but that's something you hear a lot but that's you know like 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 james was saying they're the they're the ones that are really judging and they're judging the baby and and uh and saying that that baby is is unworthy to live you know and i um i think one of the another objection from dads a lot of times is well it's it's her choice and i can't i can't really have anything to do with it and that is totally a cop-out they they know that 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 they're, they're responsible. They just don't, they don't, they're shrugging their responsibilities off and just, and just using that as a cop out. Well, it's her decision and, you know, I don't want her to do it, but she's here to do it. You know, sometimes they really don't want her to, but, but they drove her there Mm -hmm. and are waiting for this whole thing to to go down, you know? So like, if you really didn't want her to do it, then you wouldn't bring her there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So again, based on a previous comment you've made, James, is if the men would take responsibility, Mm -hmm. it would go away. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, and if we've seen dads that really didn't want them to be there. Yeah. And they've gotten the cops called on them trying to get the mom out of there. Yeah. So that's the correct response. If you don't want your wife or your girlfriend to murder your child, that would be the correct response. But to drive her there and to sit in the car all day and smoke cigarettes. Take a nap. Take a nap while your baby's being pulled apart. That's that's just sh- shrugging your responsibility as justin said. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good. Any other or is that like the big 3 like if you understand though they're going to they're not going to be said the same exact way but
1: yeah, you'll hear different variations of that but mainly those those are the big big objections we hear. We don't hear so much um, I mean you'll hear it a little bit like I said like it's a fetus and it's a clump of cell. Most people though where we're at here, they know that it's a baby. They know that it's murder. And so maybe I'll touch on this real quick. God will forgive me. <laughs> that That is an important one too, yeah. <laughs> that is very important. God will forgive me. See, we have to understand that, yes, God is a forgiving and loving God. But He has... Um, given us clear instructions that he forgives the broken and contrite heart, those that are broken in, in their heart and their spirit over their sin. They, they, he does not forgive the ones that are wallowing in their sin and, and living at peace uh, with their sin. He doesn't do it. Hebrews 10, verse 26, you know, that if you willfully continue to sin, that there is no more sacrifice left for that sin. Like there is not this, oh, I'm going to go do this and he'll forgive me. It, it does not happen that way. No. Now, is there forgiveness for a post-abortive woman? Yes. When, but they have to be understand that what they've done. Yeah. That they have they have murdered a little image bearer of almighty god yeah and that th- that is deserving death and that they need a savior yeah that's that's what he will forgive so yeah uh, we we hear that quite a bit yeah. yeah and paul addresses
0: in um the book of romans that we shall not do evil, that good may come. Yes. So, I do this evil so that I can experience the blessing of God's forgiveness. Doesn't doesn't work that way. No,
1: <laughs> no, that's premeditated. That's that's a, you know, uh, was it uh, Romans two? You know that they're heaping up right their impenitent hearts. They're just heaping up wrath for themselves. Yeah. You know, so it's very clear all through the Scripture that yes, God will forgive a broken and contrite heart. But for one that's premeditating and uh, knowing that they're doing wrong and, and living willfully in that sin, that they, there is no forgiveness for that.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, because forgiveness goes with repentance. Yeah. You know, repentance and forgiveness. So, yes. if if you are forgiven, you will repent, and you won't. You know, so you wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, so it kind of kind of go together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because repentance is. You know, Paul talks about that as well, uh, addressing in Corinthians. Repentance is more than a worldly sorrow. Like I'm sorry, the situation. That's repentance is actually changing mm-hmm. mind, heart, will. So yeah, well, it, you know, it, so true repentance leads to true forgiveness, and true repentance is a change in in action. Yeah. So if they're not changing the action, yeah, you're, you're not going to get true forgiveness. Now, like you said, James, l- later if they realize what they've done and they repent of that after it happens, and are true, they can obviously find forgiveness, but you're not going to find it by going into that action saying well he'll just forgive me later.
1: No. The, the 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 fear of that is he may not grant you repentance. Yeah. He may harden your heart as he did Pharaoh. See, that's the that's the scary part. We've talked to women that said it gets easier to do it every yeah. time. Yeah. The second abortion is not as hard as the first. The third is easier than the second. Mm-hmm. It's like so I don't wanna be in that situation where I'm sinning with this sin and there's no there's no conscience left. Yeah. That's a scary place to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I think that that was good. Let me let me transition a little bit. We've we've got one more question on messaging to the parents, and it doesn't neatly fit into this category, but we needed to talk about this somewhere. And this next issue it, it definitely applies to us in Flint. Uh, we're a poverty stricken area. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, um, other areas may not have this as bad, but we want to talk about benevolence or charity as it relates to the parents. Um, and really what are some things to equip people And I, I, uh, cause man, people will ask for money and they'll be, be looking for it. And we need to be wise in that cause we don't want to fund sin. Is, is a key thing and just give out money. Cause if word gets out about that, like <laughs> that'll be what it's about. I don't know. So what are some things you guys have learned about charity as it relates to this ministry? Um, some things to look out for and, and then maybe sometimes where there's a legitimate need that you should meet.
1: Well, mm-hmm. um, th- this is a very, did you have something? I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys are
2: fighting over the mic. Just well, I do not want to mess with the mic. <laughs> um,
1: this is a very um, serious subject here because um, I think you'll find it wherever there's abortion mills, it's going to be in a low-income area. And so you're going to be dealing with benevolence in some way. Um, and there are people that are just trying to come and get money or to trying to um, uh, create situations where maybe they could gain off of your generosity. So um, I think having the relationship that we do with our pregnancy center is the key because we can't be everything to everybody out there in front of that mill. Like, we can't preach save the baby, disciple the moms, uh, disciple the dads, uh, provide for them, pay their rent. Uh, we, we just, we can't do it because there's, there's so many and it's just us. And so, uh, handing them off to Helen at the pregnancy center is the key, one of the key things because she goes through a vetting process and it's not just, we're going to do this for you. We're going to give you this money. It's you partner with us, then we'll meet you with that. So uh, by them partnering with Helen, by, by us partnering with Helen, we can send them to her, and then she can start that process. First thing she does is give them a pregnancy test to make sure that they're pregnant. And yeah. then once she establishes that, she tries to get them an ultrasound. Once that's established, then she goes through a discipling process, taking them to the word. And so, um, th- I think that's a very important process.
0: Yeah. So for us, what you're saying is we, like, if people come up and they're mentioning why well, financial needs, can you do that? We just send them to Helen Yeah. because Helen's also, I mean, she's going to spend an hour with them, right? right. She's going to, she, she's a little more trained for that stuff, you right. know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a good rule of thumb. Find a good pregnancy center. That you can part legitimately partner with, And, right. and send people that way, Justin.
2: Yeah, and the, so the pregnancy center. Think of that as as your defense, you know. So the the pregnancy center would would be the but you know deal with the benevolence and take the mom and and take her down the next steps, you know. Whereas whereas at the mill, you're the offense and and trying to stop them from going in there. And so and when in the beginning we were trying to do both, right? <laughs> and it was extremely hard yeah like because you i mean you're trying to keep up on this situation and that and there's all these different needs whereas is the pricing center can handle that you know and, and if they if the pricing needs us our help for something we're, we're there mm-hmm. for them too yeah you know? but, yeah and, and so it's like works as a team you know it says you'll you'll burn out pretty quick if we we
1: burned through several the women of our church. Like, yeah, we were putting way too much on them, and it was like not good situations. We my wife was meeting with women in our home, and they were casing our house. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, which is a good thing. Don't meet no, people in your personal no. home. Don't
0: give out your personal address. No. Meet them in a public spot. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: We, we were taking them and getting them gas in their car, and we were. I mean, we've done. We've made every mistake. <laughs> yeah. You know and. I'm pretty sure that they had money and probably went and bought crack that night or something with the money. So, you know, I mean, it's like, you gotta be, uh, I think Lori, your wife said it the best. Like somebody asked her, so what do you do for the moms? It's like, we keep them from murdering their babies. It's like, that's our main thing. Yeah. Like sharing the gospel and getting them so that they are, don't have that on their record. As a murderer. Yeah. And uh, so th- those are the two main things. And then we, we hopefully team up with others like Helen to fill those other needs.
0: Yeah, this, uh, that's a good point. And here's a dose of reality that we need to think about. We're all for whatever we can do. But at the end of the day, if the only thing we do is help the mom not murder her child... That is enough. That's huge.
2: Yeah, like that's
0: enough. Like, and we're we're committed to do more than that, and committed to facilitating partnerships to do more than that. But I think we need to rest in that. That like that. That's enough, Mm -hmm. right? The consequences that ensue from that are devastating. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: because you will feel guilt in the beginning if you don't go into it. If if that's not clearly defined as one of your whys, is like I'm going to be okay with that. Then you will feel guilt when you think of well she kept that baby and now she's struggling financially yeah and I feel like I need well man I should help I've already done it like I've gone and bought this and I've gone and paid for that and I was like and it's like no she I should be okay with what we've done we've helped her immensely in uh keeping her from murdering that child
0: yeah yeah that's good so, rule of thumb: find a good par- pregnancy center to partner with to hand people off with. But a uh, pre- pregnancy center you got a good relationship with too, because you want to, you don't want to just hand them off, not to not worry about it. But it's right. It's strategic. L- let me talk about one issue that we will face: is the refund issue. Mm-hmm. So our pregnant or our not pregnancy center, our abortion mill, they will keep a hundred dollars from from parents who decide to not kill their babies. Do we refund that? Do I mean? Do you guys have any advice on that?
2: Yeah, that's tricky. I've, um, I, I have. I know James has, and it, and it's. Yeah, I think it's just a case by case thing. You just have to. You see how it is and if they you know the the one that the last one i remember um we we told them that we could and they said no it's not that big deal you know that that we don't want it and then they left but then they end up texting us later and asking them because uh because they had um they they tried to get the money back from the mill but they wouldn't and they were com- they had some hard times or whatever so we ended up i don't know just sending it to them but yeah but it's you know that's one of those things you just have to kind of as, as, as it happens, case by case type of thing. I mean, you might not want to just, I mean, I, I don't know. You might not want to say, Hey, we'll refund, you know, right. just yell it out there to no. everyone, you know, like that's probably not a good idea, you know, but like, but like case by case type thing, you know, cause they, they do keep the money, even though they don't, they didn't perform the abortion, they'll, they'll keep it. And, um, it they say, well, that way you, you know, in case you come back, you'll, you already have a hundred dollars here in your account, basically, you know, it's just, huh. it's nuts. And they use it as
1: coercion. The, the yeah. abortion bill uses it as coercion to get them to go through with it. Because huh. a lot of those, I mean, a lot of them, I wouldn't say all of them, but probably over half could use that $100. And so they're like, man, I might as well go through. I've already spent 100 I might as well. So in those cases, you're right. I would never lead with that. But case by case... If you, if that's a point of contention, like, yeah, I'll give you the $100. Yeah. We'll refund that, and we've got people that will step in and help donate that $100. But, um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't lead with it, but so it's case by
0: case. Kind of, I, I mean, this is, a I guess, a business principle you talk about, but the risk versus reward. Right. It's like the risk of that they might be fleecing you, I think, is lower than probably right. the reward. Right. In, the, in this situation, like if you're yeah. really feeling like, Man, this $100 might be a stumbling block. In, in their their perverted worldview, this $100 may be a stumbling block for Man. them to go and kill their baby. Here's 100 bucks. Is it, that kind of
2: yeah, what yeah. you guys
0: are saying? Well, yeah, that's good.
1: And I still st- set up stipulations when I do it. Okay. Like, I tell them, you've got to go in and get a receipt and bring it to me. Yeah. And you got to leave before the abortionist gets here. Mm. Because... I've had people like, oh yeah, yeah, and they stay, and they come out. Oh, we didn't get it done. Well, you don't know if they did or didn't. Yeah. So that's the stipulations. You serious? Go get the receipt. Show me that they held that hundred dollars, and you leave before the abortionist gets here. And I'll, I'll, I already have their number. I have that information. Yeah. I'll, ref- I'll get that money to you. Okay. And so that's kind of a kind of weeds out maybe the, those possibilities they're trying to fleece you. All right. Good stuff. Well, we've discussed the messaging
0: to the parents. Um, I mean, I, I would say all parts of the ministry important, but this is definitely where the rubber meets the road, you know. So, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up?
1: Yeah, I do have because uh, messaging to the parents when we're when when you're there on a kill day, it's in some locations you're going to have death escorts or the escort clinic escorts. We call them death escorts. And, um, so a lot of people will try to engage the death scorts and they try to engage the security guard and they try to engage all these different people and the mom gets kind of in the crossfire here. And it's like when there's a mom or a dad that you can talk to, you forget about everybody else. Yeah. All the attention and everything that you're doing goes to that mom at that point and, or the dad. And uh, we, that messaging needs to be very clear and concise, and it doesn't need to be um, uh, confused with all the other messaging to the death scores or to um, – uh, you, sometimes you might have a, a local uh, person yelling and screaming at you or honking their horn. Yeah. And you've got to focus, and you've got to stay focused on what matters, and that, what matters is the mom and the dad.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, good. Good advice. Don't let that distract you right. from keeping the main thing, the main thing yeah. that you're not going to save babies unless you're talking to the parents. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've,
1: got, I've gotten distracted by angry <laughs> uh, neighbors, you know, or whatever or death scorts, and, um, and it, it, that doesn't, does no good.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I hope this will serve you all well and messaging to the to the parents uh to be in that instrument God uses to plead for our preborn neighbors
1: and to see babies lives saved thanks for tuning in